you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 159 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and on today's show, with the World Series over, some new players hit the free agent market as teams decided to not pick up some options, so which new names are on the market and could make some sense for the A's in 2021? Going through all of my favorites, and uh, mentioning the rest of them. So I'm going to go through that for you guys today. Uh, also, please make sure to follow us on social media, at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Um, real quick, before I get into the new free agents, because that's the exciting stuff, just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update on the whole Justin Turner COVID situation. Uh, Major League Baseball released a statement that pretty much Every baseball reporter tweeted out. So uh, find your favorite, and they, it's in their timeline. Go go look there. But uh, here's the summation of what the statement said. Basically, that when the positive test came through, protocols were triggered, and Turner was removed from the game. However, when the Dodgers won, it was clear that Turner decided to disregard those agreed-upon protocols and put people at risk. MLB security raised the matter of being on the field with Turner, who, quote, emphatically refused to comply. I don't know what that looks like. I hope there's video because that sounds uh, funny and also scary. You shouldn't be doing that bad, Justin Turner. No. Um, the other interesting part of this of this uh, whole memo is that Major League Baseball will be conducting an investigation into the matter. So that means that there's likely going to be some repercussions, whether that's the Dodgers, the Dodgers front office, uh, Justin Turner himself, who's going to be a free agent. So that's weird. Uh, I don't know how you do any of this, but it's going to be uncharted waters. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, quite honestly. Um, and the the other part of this is that the this whole COVID situation is going to be keeping the Rays and Dodgers in Texas, and they will not be allowed to return to their home states, or more specifically, their homes, until uh, it is approved by the appropriate authorities. So that's, uh, that's what this whole memo said, and uh, that, that's a real bummer if you're the Rays. You just lost the World Series, and then this jerk gets COVID and is going off and, uh, you know, going around gallivanting, and uh, you, you got to stay in because that's protocol, and you don't want to be a spreader or anything like that. You got to make sure that your tests come through. Uh, also, one of the Rays family members tested positive for COVID, per, uh, according to Bill Shagan of the LA Times. So that's just really, really not okay. Uh, I know that Turner was on the field and stuff, you know, gallivanting with his teams uh, in, during the game. And so, you know, having him out there on the field afterwards, sure, I guess. But it's a really bad look for Major League Baseball. If at the very end of all of this, getting this season done, getting these playoffs, uh, you know, in the bank. Uh, speaking of in the bank, they got paid to put on these playoffs. Uh, if at the end of all this, you're just like, eh, throw your hands up and protocols be damned. Uh, it's just a bad look all the way around. And a lot of this is going to be a wait and see game. See if there's any other uh, co uh, positive COVID tests out there. If any other family members test positive, because that would probably be worse, I would imagine. Um, and this could 
has the potential to go very wrong for Major League Baseball very quickly if anybody, if there's a, you know, super spreader, if being, you know, on the field with Justin Turner during the celebration turned into a super spreader event, uh, it could be really bad. And the fact that the last two World Series have been diminished due to the controversy uh, between, you know, the Justin Turner COVID test and the, uh, the Tobman whole incident with the Astros, uh, it, it can't sit well with the owners especially when their finances aren't ballooning due to COVID in this uh, 2020 shortened season and all that stuff. So regardless of the health of the player staff and their family members, Rob Manfred has been doing a terrible job of promoting the game of baseball from day one since he took over. He's been doing a terrible job. He's like, I want games to be shorter because uh, this hunk of metal stinks. That's a, that's his platform right now. And it's not a great platform. Um, yeah. I, I just don't know how, He's going to be able to survive long-term in this job when all of the headlines surrounding baseball are just negative. Uh, you know, it whether it's, you know, strikeouts too much, uh, cheating with the baseballs being, you know, manufactured so that they fly further. Um, cheating is also another thing. So, yeah, I, I don't know how he keeps his job for uh, much longer. Maybe he can make it to the next CBA so that they can, so he can negotiate that. Or maybe he's out in the next couple of weeks here uh, so that they can get somebody else in, get them, you know, seasoned a little bit before the next CBA, which is next off season. So, hmm, labor negotiations, yay. Um, maybe that's what's going on, but it's going to be something to keep an eye on this winter. But anyways, moving on to the main topic of the episode, the next few days are going to be interesting in the baseball world because in the next four days, teams can negotiate with their free agents. So like the A's can negotiate with Liam Hendricks and Marcus Simeon and all that stuff. Uh, they have exclusive negotiating rates and uh, they also get to decide whether or not to pick up these player options. So that is, uh, that's what they're doing. So a number of players hit free agency that could help the A's in 2021, depending on how the market values them and how much money John Fisher is willing to spend, which remains to be anybody's guess. And, uh, you know, if we're going with the recent layoffs, and, you know, his whole track record and all that stuff, the prospect of a spending spree is uh, pretty low for the A's this winter. Uh, still, it would be unwise to just sign the cheapest guys to play for the A's in 2021. So there's going to be some spending done this winter with the team's core still intact and, you know, playoff caliber, if not World Series caliber. So uh, how much money they spend to get to that final to win that final game of the year uh, remains to be seen. But I think they're going to be doing some spending, maybe not big spending, but some spending. So uh, each of these players is available and could be fairly inexpensive compared to their usual market value and uh, would fill a role in the club. So I'm going to talk about four of these guys, uh, two coming up here, two after the break, and then uh, just a slew of other names and uh, quick hits on those guys at the end of the episode. So here we go. Uh, I'm not going to start at the top of everybody's wish list. Uh, instead, I'm going to start with Colton Wong, who might actually be at the top of my wish list. He is a second baseman, and uh, his $12.5 million option was not picked up by the Cardinals. So that is how he became free agent. I don't think that Wong's going to be getting somewhere in that $12.5 million pay range. So I think that we can tuck that money worry away for a minute and uh, you know see what the market dictates. But I think that he could become available in the A's price range. And that's why I'm a little bit excited about him. I actually wanted them to trade for him last offseason, but they didn't, uh, probably because he was owed too much money. Anyways, he is a lefty bat, which is a plus, 
and he walks a decent amount and typically has a strikeout rate between 14 and 15%. That's been pretty consistent the last four seasons, and uh, that is also pretty solid. So he'll hit somewhere between 260 and 285 in any given season. Usually he hits 285 every other year. He did not hit 285 in 2020, so he's due to hit 285 in 2021. That's a nice batting average to add to the baseball team. Uh, and he has a roughly 350 on-base percentage. Uh, over the last four seasons, it's been a little bit higher, a little bit lower, but roughly 350 on average. So uh, I would definitely take that from a second baseman. He doesn't have a ton of pop. He had one home run in 2020. He had like 11 in 2019. So a decent amount of pop if it's over the course of a full season, but I'm not really banking on that. He doesn't barrel up the ball very often, but he does have control of the bat, which is what I'm after because that's the Tommy LaStella blue type, uh, blueprint that uh, apparently I like now. So that's a plus. I'll also mention Tommy LaStella here in a second. But going back to Wong, he also has some speed. He swiped five bags this year and 24 last season. That's a nice added dimension that he could bring to the A's. Uh, I would love to see more speed on the A's. I know that it's not necessarily what they do, but hey, everything helps. Uh, the main calling card for Wong, though, is his defense. After watching a decent amount of the playoffs, it became pretty clear that in order to win it all, you just can't have any weak gloves on the diamond, especially if you're a team like the A's and can't afford somebody like Garrett Cole who's just going to strike literally everybody out. So there's going to be balls put in play, and you got to have gloves that can field those balls. And uh, I'm pretty high on Colton Wong at first glance, and I'll be taking a few more glances over the coming weeks. But if the A's wanted to offer him like a two-year deal on the 16 to $20 million range, that could get the job done and solidify second base for the next couple of seasons. It's been, you know, since Jed Lowry left, uh, whoever, I don't know. And he could be maybe not the bat that Lowry was, but definitely a, an improvement on defense. And in, you know, today's baseball world, defense is still one of those things that's not necessarily paid for uh, on a premium. So if the A's are going to improve their team overall, defense may be the way to go. They've got some great gold glove defenders on the corners in the infield. Sean Murphy's an up-and-comer. Uh, you got Loriano in center. They've got the core there to have a pretty special defensive team, so adding somebody like Wong there at the Keystone, I, I, I don't mind it whatsoever. So with all that said, I got to turn my attention over here to Tommy LaStella, who I loved seeing in the A's green and gold. He was a lot of fun but he does not bring the defense that Colton Wong does. And if you're going to have a pitching staff that pitches to contact, that means more balls in play, which means you can't have any holes on defense. And Wong trumps him very heavily on defense. Uh, at, at best, Tommy LaStella is a average defender, and Colton Wong is an elite defender. Over the last three seasons, in 2018, 2019, and 2020, Wong has had uh, defensive runs saved of 16, 19, and in the shortened 2020 season, 6. He is fantastic at second base. I would love to see him in A's green and gold just picking balls. That's all I want. I just want him to pick balls and be an average hitter at the plate, and then I, I'm all good. That's all I want, really. That, that's what I'm looking for is somebody who doesn't strike out a bunch and, uh, you know, gets on base a fair amount. If he can get on base at a 350 clip with that defense, that is the second baseman you want to build your team around in 2021 right there. So Colton Wong at the top of my free agent list. But another potential second baseman hit the market on Wednesday in Daniel Murphy when the Rockies declined his $12 million option. His strikeout rate is pretty similar to Wong's. His walk rate is a little bit lower, and he's going to be in his age 36 season in 2021, six years older than Colton Wong. Uh, he also hasn't played second base full-time since 2017, so calling him a second baseman is a little bit iffy. And when he was there, he did a pretty bad job at defending. 
2017, he had a negative 11 DRS, defensive run saved. And the following year, he had a negative 14 in half the amount of innings. So he is not a glove you want to have at second base. Uh, so, you know, he's not really an option at second. Maybe his bat is going to be okay. I don't know. Uh, the only way that I really see him coming to the A's is if the A's traded away Chris Davis to move away some of that money, and then he could potentially be a DH option. Uh, he struggled with the Rockies and at the plate and put up some serious home road splits, obviously home being the better one because of Coors Field, uh, which, you know, it's just common for Rockies hitters because the ball moves differently at Coors Field than it does on the road. It's hard to get into a rhythm when you're facing basically two different, you could face the same guy in both home and road back-to-back starts, and they're going to shut you down one of those times because uh, it's weird. It, it just feels like that's how it always goes. So maybe just getting him out of Coors Field is enough to, you know, reinvigorate that bat of his. Well, that and not playing defense at all. So there's that. Uh, I don't know if he necessarily fits with the A's because he would basically have to be their DH because he's not going to be playing first base for them. Uh, but if he's around late this offseason and you know, he's only going to be worth, you know, three, $4 million, then sure, maybe take a chance on him being a bench bet because uh, he's got some postseason experience. I'm going to keep saying that uh, about people on this list. So uh, yeah, he could be an interesting option. I don't think that he's necessarily on the A's radar until, you know, like January if he's still around. So anyways, coming up, I've got a couple more names that I want to talk about along with a quick rundown of some of the other guys that hit the market. So stay locked in with Locked on A's. I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any mailbag questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Before I get into it, though, uh, one quick scheduling note. I'm going to be taking off uh, tomorrow night, so I will be recording on Friday. So it will not be there for you guys on Friday morning, but uh, it will be there for you guys uh, by Saturday morning at the latest. So uh, happy Halloween on that one. I'm sure I'll say that on tomorrow's or the next podcast, not tomorrow, the next podcast. So uh, just just a heads up on that one. Um, but I'm going to dive right back into it here for you guys with the name that you guys are all likely tuned in to hear. And that is Howie Kendrick. I'm just kidding. We're talking about the Klubot, Corey Kluber. Uh, the Rangers are not likely going to be picking up Kluber's $20 million uh, option next season, which, while understandable, is a little bit surprising given that they traded away a pretty decent piece to get him, and then they got like an inning out of him, and now they're just gonna, you know, send him to the Wolves. And by the Wolves, I mean free agency. I mean, sure, he's gonna be a big $20 million question mark, but, you know, they, they gave up something for him, but maybe they're just cutting their losses while they can, so there's that. Uh, anyways, he's available now, or 
likely to be available. They're still pondering it. It's not official. They got a couple more days to figure this one out. But uh, if he does become available, I'm sure that the A's would like to have him if they can have him for super cheap, which means that they probably won't get him. But let's talk about him anyways. Uh, there's no way that the A's come close to spending $20 million on Corey Kluber this winter. But the good news is I don't think any other team will either. The best bet for Kluber is to get an incentive-laden contract to maximize his value. You know, one of those show-me deals. Uh, I like show-me deals. That means uh, show me what you can do, and then you get more money. And if they do well, then you get more money. And if they don't do well, then they get less money. So, uh, yeah, that's a show-me deal for you. So in Kluber's case, you're probably looking at something where he could get a bonus for innings pitch, strikeouts, Cy Young Award votes, Compact Player of the Year votes, you know, things like that. Uh, there's a ton of different things that he could go for, but, you know, something that would show that he's back, quote-unquote. So do the A's have a chance of signing him? It kind of depends on what his priorities are at age 35. Best guess is that he would probably want to win a title, and the A's are one of those teams that are in the hunt. So uh, if that's what it takes, then... That should roughly eliminate at least half the teams. So, uh, your move, John Fisher. Uh, open up that checkbook. Um, so, if he wants to win a title, that's great. If he wants to impart some knowledge on the next class, if he's like a teacher of some sort, then the A's have some young guys that he could tutor. Uh, I think that paying Kluber to teach Chris Bassett and Frankie Montas some of what he knows would be worth whatever he wants by itself. Because then all of a sudden, you could have three really good pitchers. I mean, you got two decent ones, but they could be really good with some of what Kluber knows. And uh, then maybe Kluber's also good. So uh, bring him on board for just that alone. Uh, but if Kluber is after his last contract, if he wants like a, a three-year deal, uh, one, I think that'd be silly in this market uh, coming off of two years of injury and not greatness. So I think that'd be silly. I think that he's probably looking for a one-year deal, but if he wants just that one last deal for three years before he retires, uh, the A's probably aren't going to be footing that bill. And obviously there are some pros and cons to adding him as well. If he regains some of his 2018 form from two years ago, the A's all of a sudden have their ace and their World Series odds go up by a whole bunch. Uh, on the flip side, if he is constantly battling injury, then they're paying him some money that they could have used elsewhere to improve the club. And they'll be scrambling to fill starts with some of their younger guys, some of their less proven guys, and then they're kind of in a worse position. Uh, potentially, as opposed to signing a free agent who could have helped them in, this, in that situation. So uh, in my heart of hearts, I don't think that the, that the A's are going to be offering him enough of a minimum guarantee to land him. My guess is that he's worth somewhere in the 8 to $10 million range. Then you add on incentives and all that stuff that could make the contract worth like $15 million. And I just don't think that John Fetcher is going to want to commit that kind of cash just because of, uh, you know, his track record. So, uh Good, good luck. Hopefully the A's can sign him. I, I don't have my hopes up, but if they do, I'm going to be very excited and go fully in for Corey Kluber and, uh, and his Oakland gear. So that'll be fun. Uh, the last guy I want to mention, though, is Sergio Romo, who I'm sure we're all familiar with with his time with the Giants. Uh, he is much older than he used to be. Uh, he's 38. I think he's going to be 38 going into next season. Uh, he had his $5 million option declined by the Twins. Uh, he's currently 37. So yeah, hey, I wrote it down. Didn't look at my computer. Silly me. Anyways, uh, his strike on walk numbers have been pretty consistent over the last four seasons. So there hasn't been a big drop off. You, you kind of know what you're getting with him, which is like a 3.5, 3.8 ERA, somewhere in there. Uh, so he's not 
going to be a shutdown reliever for you, but he does have postseason experience and could be a fill-in option at the end of games. So that could be something that's valuable to the A's at a pretty low cost of acquisition and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, that $5 million price tag that the Twins turned down is actually a little bit steep for what he's been getting in recent years. He was making between two and a half and three million dollars before signing on with the Twins uh, before the 2020 season, I believe. Uh, so yeah, for Romo, I think that, that the price point would be a big selling point to the A's front office if they could add him to the bullpen for 2021. Uh, would I like to, them to consider some other plans? Yes. Could I see Romo in green and gold in 2021? Uh, also, yes. I think that you know he he's not the worst option. But I would like to see them kick the tires on some other guys with higher ceilings than Romo for sure. A few other names that will be hitting the free agent market are outfield or Adam Eaton. I didn't look into his stats terribly deeply because uh, I knew that I wouldn't have time. But he could be a decent fourth outfielder option for the A's. Potentially, he has postseason experience, so that's another plus for him. Uh, he could maybe be that Robbie Grossman type, but I'd be a little bit worried about his defense. Another guy that the A's could consider is Howie Kendrick. I think that he'd be a long shot for the A's given the presence of Chad Pender and Vimy Almachin. But uh, if one of them is moved this winter in a trade for something else, uh, Kendrick could be a relatively inexpensive add and a pretty solid bat to add to the to the A's and their rotation of you know middle infielders. Uh, Mike Leake and Anibal Sanchez, uh, they were both released, and I don't think that either of them is going to be coming to the A's. So started to those guys. Uh, but one last guy, quick rundown on him, Hector Rondon. He, uh, like Romo, isn't going to wow you with his numbers at all. He has some closing experience, though, with the Cubs, and he has postseason experience also with the Cubs and would be probably open to one of those show-me deals that I talked about. Uh, he, he posted a 765 ERA with the Diamondbacks, so obviously he's not going to be getting a lot of money or a long-term deal, so he'd be... You know, see how it goes in spring training kind of thing. It might be a minor league deal at that point. I don't know. He's going to be 33, I believe. So yeah, he's another bullpen piece that could be had for just a couple of million dollars. He could also maybe go even less than that. So uh, he's definitely something to consider right there. So with the relatively low price point on that one and the A's ability to turn pitchers around, Rondon could be a very buy low steal for them. Uh, and also keep in mind that they DFA'd, the A's DFA'd Liam Hendricks in 2018 when he had a 736 ERA. And since then, he has been baseball's best reliever. So they can turn guys around. And uh, Rondon could be the next guy in that in that uh, line of succession right there. So it seems like there will be some relatively inexpensive options for the A's to retool this winter. Uh, the main question is going to be how much financial leeway John Fitcher is going to give him. So uh, that that's the question this offseason. Uh, let me know what you guys think about the guys that I mentioned. Uh, are there any other players that you have your eyes on. Let me know on Twitter at LockedOnA's or at ByJasonB, or you can email those to us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Anyway, that's going to be it for me today, guys. I hope you enjoy your Thursday. Uh, until next time, stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland, keep wearing those masks, and I will talk to you guys soon.